Aaron Donald has a ring. E-I-E-I-O. This is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. Everybody, welcome back to The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Happy to have you back again. It's an exciting new episode, which I say every week, whether it is or it isn't. But um, I think it is this week, so we'll see. It's Super Bowl week, Greg. Damn right it is. Of course, by the time our podcast drops, it was Super Bowl week, was, and now right. it's Valentine's Day. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we'll have a little bit of that, a little bit of uh, Super Bowl coming up for everybody, a little bit of Valentine's for everybody. But I've got a weird question for you to kick this off. What's that? Um, have you ever been in a fight, like a fist fight? A fist fight? I've been in, uh, I've been in a wrestling type brawl type fight, like a bar fight. Like, have you been in an angry fight, like where you're defending yourself or attacking someone? I have, but but I don't remember it fist being thrown as much as you know I'm tackling somebody, you know, by his chest, and we're all rolling on the ground. And how did this happen? I didn't know. You know, it was it was like middle school age. Yeah, you know, twelve, thirteen, and. It was like a playground at middle school, and I think flag football devolved into a sort of a, I don't even consider, it definitely was not a fist fight. It was more of a wrestling match. But yeah, know, that, the tensions got heated and, and you know, ended up like yeah, rolling now, around now, on the ground. Yeah, but but in my neighborhood at 1440, uh, we did have a ridiculous thing. Uh, we, we did rock fights. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, it was so ridiculous when I look back on it. You know, okay. it was it was like four or five of us. And we would all have like a bucket full of rocks, you know, raging. I would say, you know, I think the rule was you couldn't throw anything that was bigger than your fist. You know, it had to be. Like oh, so you had, you had rules of engagement. You had Geneva yeah. conventions of the rock. Fight. Yeah. The, the standard rock was. Gary like the a, Bag Rosenfeld gets tried for, for being a war criminal. <laughs> exactly. They were golf ball sized rocks, uh, although not nearly as smooth, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, we'd throw them at each other and we'd hide behind tree. It was like, really, when I look back on it, it was like the, uh, the caveman precursor of paintball. Yeah. Where instead of, you know, shooting paint balls at each other, we were throwing actual rocks at each other. And luckily, um, there were minor injuries, but I don't remember anybody ha- having an eye put out or anything like that. We were dumbasses, basically. <laughs> that's, that's all dudes, though. We've all done something stupid like that. Yeah. You said only minor injuries. What about property damage? Any windows or anything? Um, we tried to go uh, in an area where it never really was that much of an issue. Um, I think a lot of time we would um, we would be in a field or something or in like we didn't have a forest near us, but we had an area where, you know, there were a bunch of trees and everything. Uh, sort of not directly in the neighborhood. So yeah, we, it's funny. Like we would throw. I never got in a rock fight. We threw magnolia, like those little um the the, the magnolia cones because they look like grenades. So I remember, you know, what the heck is a magnolia cone? Like from a magnolia tree. Okay. The the little things that 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 bloom off of a magnolia tree, kind of like a pine cone, except for it's from a magnolia. They look like grenades. They have a little stem on oh, the nice. end. And they're kind of nice. cylindrical, but not, they're not a round ball. They're kind of like, you know, more of a oval shaped 
and uh, right. or ob- they're oblong, and uh, they've got a little stem on the end, like a handle, so like almost like the the pin that you would pull from a uh, from a grenade. <laughs> and I remember I remember us throwing those and hitting my cousin right near the eye, and you know, drew blood. That was fun. Oh my god! But in North, when I'd go to North Florida to see my my grandparents, my cousins would get in dirt clod fights. You know, we we go out near the family swimming hole and uh, pick up a, a mound of dirt, and you know, because th- those would clod up after a rainstorm. But we never got in like full on rock fights. That's amazing. Yeah, I've been in one real actual fist fight. That was my cousin. Um, he had been picking on me really bad all school year long, and he, so I waited till the end of um, baseball season because I didn't want to get kicked off the team. I just got fed up with it. He was a grade beneath me, so he was seventh grade. I was eighth grade, but I was just tired of it. And uh, and so I called him back in. He was about to walk out, and I called him back into the lobby and uh, just said a few words, and and he. He said, "Okay, we're gonna fight." <laughs> and he, he he punched. I ducked beneath it, threw him into the drink machine. When he bounced off, it is slide kick into his face, and then just grabbed him and punched him a bunch. And yeah, so I won that fight. But uh, the hell are you guys talking about? We're, we're talking about fighting stories. So Greg Greg shared a story about a, a schoolyard brawl that he was in. What? I never heard this story. I guess I'll have to listen to the podcast. That's right. I guess we'll have to listen to the podcast. Welcome, Chris. Yes, we're going live to uh, Los Angeles. That's right. California. And uh, um, uh, Greg Cody show uh, Super Bowl correspondent Chris Cody is now live with us from what looks like sad, sad radio row. Can you hear it? Can you feel it? Can you we sense can it? it? Can you smell it? What's it smell like? Feet. I am stuffed right now. I have just been like put to work this week just to eat an inordinate amount of food. Oh my god! Did you say in in ornament amount? Inordinate. Whatever. Just just, just, just don't don't worry about this. Super Bowl week. Super Bowl week. Um, I had pizza with Michael Parsons the other day. I had Subway today with Russell Wilson. What? It is just. I mean, I, they, like these food companies, like they know me now. I'm like popular around these parts. They're like, oh, we got a food <laughs> wow. product. Let's get them on the Levitard show. So how many, how many sponsors have you picked up? You're going to be Chris Cody presented by how many uh, names from here on? Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I have to admit my, uh, I got home after the Michael Parsons thing and uh, my, my wife, Cheats and Giggles, was not happy with me. They were, uh, my, they were very <laughs> jealous. I had some explaining to do after I had like had a nice uh, day with Pizza Hut. So uh, I had a good day. I thought everything was fine, and I got home, and the wife was not happy. I had to do some <laughs> some fixing. Yeah. Wow. So we got on the fighting story because Greg has read some interesting story about some weird like Russian fight club or like fighting league where like grandmas fight their grandsons or something like that. Yeah, there's um there's something called Russian Epic Fighting Championship, which I think is the Russian version of MMA, and there was a two for one, two against one bout, uh, in which an enormous four hundred and fifty pound Russian woman was fighting against her 75 year old grandfather and her grandson. Jesus. And it, it was just the most bizarre spectacle in the world. And uh, a multi-generational fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she won two against one. It was fantastic. Mm. Um, but uh, Christopher, I have to ask you about having lunch with Russell Wilson. You can't just well, I didn't have lunch with him, like Dad. That. It was an interview. Like they, he was sponsored by Subway. He was sitting down to talk to Stu Gatz, and they brought up sandwiches. So I was like standing behind him, like eating a sandwich and like doing a doing the bit, like you know, just like oh, like rubbing my stomach, like it's <laughs> so good. Yeah, Tony's bringing the sandwich is still here. I don't want it. Granted, I mean, I'm being quite frank, not that good. All right. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> this well, is him trying to trying to make up to sheets and giggles. Yeah, I know. I, I love you, honey. I love you, sheets and giggles. <laughs> Here's how you do it, Chris. Here's how you smooth yeah. it over. 
You know, I would normally never wipe my mouth on sheets, but when you have something as soft as Lyocell eucalyptus, yes. you're left with no choice but yes. to clean your face with the calming, cool comfort of sheets and giggles. Yeah, it was basically just an Italian sub with like some green peppers thrown in there. It's like it's he he named it the dangerous sub. It's like it's just an Italian. It was the Russell Wilson interview of subs. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Oh, so it was a veggie sub. No, it had it was an Italian sub basically with like mustard and green peppers is how i would describe it okay that's fine so uh so you were alongside micah parsons uh russell wilson i saw you with adrian peterson justin herbert Uh, signed my my chargers bathing suit and i apologized (laughs) to him for uh jinxing his team because they were four and one and then i became a fan of theirs and then i think they went like four and seven or four and six the rest of the of the way i just burped subway and did he blame you, or or he let you go on that? One? He Justin Herbert was like in the mode of like I'm just never gonna say anything controversial. So he's like, oh, it's okay, man. I appreciate you being a fan. Like he just did that thing. Well, but then let me he ask appa- you this. But then he apparently is a big shopping return your shopping carts guy that I learned. So I got into that whole debate. You know, even though my dad, you've taken the torch, and I kind of returned my carts, yeah. and you're a guy now that you're you've taken that torch. So you could have argued Proudly. with him. Yeah, as yeah. Tony walks in the background inconspicuously. Um, That's important uh, is, for a podcast. Is, I'm glad you said that. Is Justin <laughs> Herbert every bit the dream boat in real life as he appears to be on TV? Honestly, I'm going to be honest, and I'm glad that I'm saying that because it's a nice filler. He's His hair was not as beautiful in person as, as it looks on TV. Like when he whips that helmet off and he like does the head flip back to put his helmet on, it looks much better on TV than in person. And he was wearing a hat with the sponsor that he had, so we had to oh. make him take the hat off. But uh, the hair, it was, I mean, obviously it's good, but just I had this standard in my mind of what it was going to look like. So I have to say, it's kind of like when you tell me it's the best restaurant ever. I go there, I eat it, I enjoy it, but I just think it's not the best restaurant ever. You know, right. that, that was Justin Herbert's hair. It was a restaurant that <laughs> doesn't quite live up to the hype. Sure. And, and tell me about Adrian Peterson and his uh, deathly grip. Holy shit. <laughs> my hand still hurts. My hand still hurts from that. I would love to give that a try. Well, I'm telling you, the thing about it was, is like he would he, he went in for the shake, and then it would be like a normal shake, and then you're like, all right, this is I, this is manageable, and then he would do an extra shake. Look at Mike Golick Jr. just I was about walking to say, is that Gojo me. in the look background? Look at that! Look at that! The Greg Cody show podcast <laughs> and Golick Senior. Yeah, yes. I mean, look at this. I mean, oh, we this got is both Golicks. The Greg this Cody show, like a father son podcast, wow, a father son duo. Nice. Look, look at us, that. just, a, just a couple father sons cutting it up. Wow. See, this is what happens at Radio Row. The Golics just wander by behind uh, you. You never know. <laughs> this is how it works. We download, subscribe to Greg Cody. Show, <laughs> yes, baby. thank you. Subscribing it. <laughs> Golic certified. Greg Cody show with Greg Cody. Now we can tease. We had the Golics wow. on the show. Great. That's right. Uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> That was a totally unstaged, random uh, walk by. That's well, right near the Levitard show set. They just got done recording with Stu Gatz. I knew they were going to walk by. Did I just ruin it? Should I? Should I have not said that? Yeah, you don't want to say that. You want to make it seem like the, yeah, the magnet that. was. Yeah, the yeah, magnet he bleeped was that. Greg Cody show. Because I'm sure you have a little uh, two by two Greg Cody show sticker somewhere, enticing people to come by. I just spent way too much money at the NFL shop, like buying stuff for like me, like you know keepsakes and i bought something for graceland and my wife like i you don't want to know how much money i just spent at the nfl shop <laughs> well i i, I, I bent I over wanna, is what happened i bought I a beach ta- why did i do i need a super bowl beach towel no but i bought one <laughs> you want to uh you want to bill all that to um skipper is what yeah. you want to do okay skip i need you to pay for this beach towel and shot glass okay yeah, it might, not be, might not be the best thing considering you were barely going out there you know 
Yeah, right. Yeah. Sheets and giggles. Thanks for that, by the way. Okay, against uh, against. <laughs> oh no, I thought Super the Greg. Co- I thought the Greg. I thought the Greg Cody show sent me out here. Wait, I thought. No, you did. Uh, I already have an exclusive copy of a Super Bowl game program. How about that? What is that like? The Herald gives those out. No, the yeah. When I went to the Mike McDaniel uh, press conference, the the Dolphins were giving it out to uh, to bribe the media into being nicer. It's like He's, giving someone a yearbook to a school you never went to. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Exactly. He seems really fun. Like I know that's like the take everyone has. Like it's like everyone's talking about his personality, so it's like it feels kind of like white noise to talk about it. But that is cool. Like you know, as good as Brian Flores was as as a defensive coach, it's fun to have a coach that you like. Maybe he'll say some stuff. Well, I tell you, he um, Flores, and and you know me, I, I love Flores. I respect him. I thought he was a great coach. He too Belichicky. He was too Belichicky in press. He conferences. was awful behind a microphone. He could have had the biggest victory in his life, and he would look like it was a death in the family. Just too even keeled for me. You got to keep it even uh, keel if you're a coach, though. Yeah. Well, I don't agree with that. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, one of the great coaches of all time, was the least even keeled coach I've ever met in any sport. Uh, when he won a game, he wasn't afraid to, you know, throw his fists in the air. And when he lost a game, his face was ashen, and he looked like he was headed to a funeral. And I don't mind that. And the new guy, Mike McDaniel, once he loosens up, he was very nervous at the introductory press conference. Once he loosens up, he's going to show a personality. He's going to be fun. And I think that's going to be it's going to be great for the media. Whether or not it's great for the Dolphins, we'll we'll find out. I hope that for you. I've been a little let down this week, though. He's actually and I know it's his first week on the job, so it just feels like he's playing scared a little bit. He can't get too wacky first week. You can't. You can't like come out of the gate like he's got a. He wants to show the personality while still like being all business. Week one. I was really bummed that he was in a suit all week. Nude, maybe you wanted him. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it would be a it would be a change. That's for yeah. sure. You know, <laughs> but uh, I wish he had worn like a stereotypical uh, Miami Vice white linen suit from the Don Johnson era. <laughs> that would have been pretty cool, just to try to fit in in a way that would have been totally awkward. That would have been great, but he didn't do it. The real he had like on a brown suit and a and a and a and a blue tie, which I didn't even know went together. Or no, it was a blue suit and a brown tie. How about that? All right, enough about the Dolphins. Does can we get together? can we get back to my amazing trip that I've had? Man, did I have? Oh, I've yeah, had a I couple nights it. out. I, I mean, this I've had. I went to the comedy <laughs> store with Brad Williams, well, a comedian. He took us to dinner, and then the table over. David Spade, no big deal. Yeah, I heard that. Wow. I heard that. And then last night... Heard he's a leg sitter. He is a leg sitter, a litter. I can't do that. Yeah, I know, I right? I feel like my leg's going to fall off. I walked by, I know, that I feel like I'm being redundant. I did this on, like, the Levitar show, and then, uh, and then like, two days in a row. But I, I I thought he had the Phil Jackson treatment. You know how Phil Jackson, like, would sit on the bench and, like, sit elevated? I was like, why is David Spade so, like, elevated at this booth? And then I walked by, and I saw he was, like, sitting on his right foot. And I'm just like, God, how do you do that for an entire meal? Your leg has to fall asleep. What is he, a child? That's that's what a four year old does. I mean, I think some people have speculated <laughs> that it's like you know he's he's not the tallest man, so he you know wants to make himself look a little taller. I would think, but, but it's reckless of me to speculate that. Maybe that's just how he likes to sit. I keep burping up. Way, I've been burping you, up Italian subs for the last hour. Let me give you a little podcast tip. Pip, when you're on the Greg Cody Show podcast and and telling a little story, there's really no need to mention that you've already told it twice on the Levitard show. You can really omit yeah, that. Yeah, but I'm, that, I uh, think a lot, Dad, we have a lot of, there's a lot of overlap in the listeners. And I think, I feel like the right. people that have already heard it multiple times, like Yeti, I mean, Yeti hit me with, I've heard that, you know, so like, you know, right. it's, just, it's his fault too. 
Don't yell at him. I haven't heard any of it because I don't listen to the Levitard show except when I'm on. All right. Well, a lot of our listeners do, Dad. That's why I'm just being transparent. I think they will like that. Right. I know. So I I want you to tell me something um, that you haven't said on the Levitard show. A detail, an anecdote, a ha-ha moment, uh, a poignant moment. Uh, Just give us a little something that's unique we. Witty, what's something that we did this week that was an anecdote from our week here that like because i'm giving my dad oh i feel like he's just getting uh leftovers like everything i've said on levitard show i'm trying to like what's something we never didn't get onto air that we could like reveal right now do you have you told the parking garage anecdote yet oh we have a parking garage anecdote there it is all right okay here Woody, go ahead all right so we went to the comedy store on tuesday night and i punched into ways like find me the nearest parking lot i like to go for garages rather than lots so we parked in a garage, and we were literally the only car in the garage. The other, <laughs> la- the other lads thought, ah, you know, that might be a dangerous sign. Yeah. I was like, nah, I'm going to park here anyway. So we park, think nothing of it. We come back. Uh, the garage was closed. <laughs> There's a big gate. There's a, a big huge, gate, oh. and it fell down. So you're thinking, like, oh we got to Uber there, then Uber to the convention center because it's so early in the morning, probably wouldn't be able to recover in the morning, then go back to the garage and then drive the car back. So it's, it's a big headache. Instead, Tony decided to lift the gate of yes. the parking garage <laughs> yes. and was wow. able to like hold it up. It was like a, it was like a strongman competition, yes. holding the gate up, and was baby. able to, to let me. Why to is let that me, a baby? To let me just, into the know, garage. He's a strongman. I'm picturing him shirtless. I go you know, in the car, drive it out, lift it back rippling. up again, yeah. strongman style, uh, so that we can get out, and we were on our merry way. Yeah. That is a good tidbit. Good job. Good work out of you. And the cops saw it, and Tony was arrested. Tony was not arrested. <laughs> no, not yet, at least. And we saved that for Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> um, Valentine's Day is coming up. Mm. It uh, is? By the, when, this, when this episode airs, it will be Valentine's Day. Dad, are you ready for something Valentine's Day related that happened to me today? And this is something that I'm like a little, like, don't even want to share it, really, because it's making me that uncomfortable. My wife texts me today. Today's Friday. We're recording this. My wife, right. I get a text from my wife. Thanks for the flowers. What? At her job. Like, she got flowers. And? I didn't send her flowers. So you took credit? No. I think, like, either my wife is, like, cheating on me. (laughs) Or someone's playing a joke. Or, I don't know. It didn't say anything. The card didn't say anything. It was just flowers. Oh, wow. Why did she assume they were from you? I mean, I... Why wouldn't she assume they're from me? The real question is, who the f*** sent these flowers to my wife? <laughs> wow. That's a mystery. It's like, it's like one of those things where she's texting me. She's like, you're messing with me, right? Like, you did send. I'm like, babe. Pardon me. I did not send you flowers. Now I'm like in, a, I'm, a, I'm as far away as I could be from you in this country, and I'm jealous, and I'm angry, and I'm irate. That is a genuine mystery. Yeah. That would uh, drive you, me nuts. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. be able to sleep. Seriously, you got to track those flowers. How do you do that? Well, you you know, even though there was no you know to Chris, to Christy from Chris card, there had to have been some way for her to track where they came from. How were they delivered? By by FedEx? I don't know. I got I got to follow up. I got to call her. This was like in the middle of my work day. I'm just like, huh? What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I would be a sleuth. If, I would be. If I that. end up, you know, mysteriously getting a divorce in six months, we know what happened. Is, is there anyone right. else at work that shares the same name? I mean, Christy is, I guess, a common name. You're right. I mean, but like, I think it was Christy Cody. Like, I, I'm, I need that more details on this. That would be less common? Yeah. Now, just as an aside to you. Dad, you know uh, Christy. I, do, you, do you think I need, like, should I be worried? 
Well, no, I wouldn't because I sent them just to be a nice father. Okay, that's what happened. But you know, you don't have to know that. For the sake of the story, I hope that you get raging jealous and and start being a sleuth um, and and hiring a private eye, spending a thousand bucks, hire a private eye, track the origin of these flowers just to satisfy yourself. That's what you should do. And keep us posted here on the Greg Cody Show podcast. I wonder if, like, how that works, though. Like, if she knows the company that delivered them, can we call this company and say, where did these, like, who, like, or is, it, or is that, like, something you get an- anonymity with? Well, I, th- I think the way to do it is you say, hey, we'd like to know who sent these flowers because we want to thank them. Yes. That's the way, that's the way you, you play that. And by thank, um, I mean murder. Exactly. Um, now, I, as a matter of fact, I can say this because... Uh, the podcast doesn't drop until Monday, and she'll have gotten them by then. Not that she ever listens to my podcast, but I sent my wife uh, a dozen roses uh, for Valentine's Day, which was a beautiful gesture by me. <laughs> Thank you. But I included but a you card actually sent them. so that I would get full credit. And you actually sent them. Well, I had a company. Well, but my point is, is that they are from yes. you. Like, mom will yeah, get them, right. and they will actually have been from you. It will say the card will say "Love, Greg," with no other message whatsoever, because I like to keep it simple. Plus, those cards are really small. Greg, um, I sent those flowers to your wife. Did you? And, and said love, Greg, on the card. <laughs> and I sent <laughs> fla- and I sent flowers to Yeti's wife. Look at us, just like a little like triangle <laughs> of flowers. Yeah. See, I caught Yeti in a lie because my card said love, Greg C. Nah. Yeah, just yep. to make sure. I am. Uh, I I, uh, I would love nothing more than for my wife's present to show up while we are here recording because I've got sheets and giggles on the way. Ah. It's out for delivery. It should be showing okay. up anytime. My guy, but. my guy. Did you get that fifty dollars off? I did. Yeah, I my did. Guy. Uh, what's with uh, why is eucalyptus so great? Because uh, eucalyptus as a plant is uh, very undesirable. Um, I'm telling you, Dad. It's like eucalyptus is good for like clearing sinuses. I'm telling you, it's like a. It's a subconscious thing. It's not something like I, you don't lay on these sheets and you're like, oh, I feel like I'm being cleansed. It's like something you don't even realize, but you just wake up. You, the te- honestly, the, the, there's so many good things. Like, I, know, I'm not, I don't know why I'm doing a Sheets and Giggles commercial all of a sudden. Do but the, the, the best part about them is like the, the, you don't get, the bed doesn't get too – you know how sometimes you lay on a bed for like three hours and it's like this bed's really warm? I'm telling you, there's something about right. these sheets. They always feel like the perfect coolness, not too warm, not too cold. It's just like that's the the actual thing that like the tangible thing that I like lay on these sheets and I'm like, my God, it just they feel so good. And they're supposed to be much more sustainable than cotton, right? As far as environmentally sustainable, and you don't they don't have to add pesticides to keep bugs away. It's naturally um, pest free. And the corners never pop up, which is the most annoying thing in the world. When you wake up in the middle of the night and you reach and you touch a corner, it's just like a mattress that you're touching. It's like no, I hate that. These sheets, they, they, they tuck way under. I can end this commercial now, so I don't know why we're doing a full commercial for sheets. Okay, yeah. I burped again. I, I, say, I cannot as, stop burping. As the well, sheets and giggle ad ends, um, we paint the picture of Chris Cody from, I, I think of it as Sad Sad Radio Row, but is it now called Sad Sad Podcast Row? Because are there, as you look around, are there mostly TV stations or podcasts or Rate old school radio? Like, what do you see? Um, that's a good question. I think it's a, a nice mix. You definitely see, you show up here early and you, you hear the guys that are doing their live radio hits. I, I don't know the, the breakdown of it, but it feels like it's pretty split. But, Give me an example of a, of a sad celebrity that you've seen wander through, hoping to be recognized and interviewed. Uh, I saw Pac-Man Jones. 
walking around. That's not that sad, but it's just like a random NFL right. player from a while ago. The one thing I haven't seen a lot of is like celebrities outside of it. It's been just a lot of athletes. Like back in the day, I feel like it was more like you'd see like a fake Howard Cosell or like a, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, just random actors and stuff. But this is, I haven't seen really any actors. It's all been people in the sports world. The saddest one, uh, I think I saw Jim McMahon walking around with sunglasses on. Was that sad? <laughs> when does he not have sunglasses um, on? Who else did I see? Generally, you can count on Joe Theismann. Oh, I don't know. No, I swear to God, like that's that. so funny. I, I, this morning we walked in because, like, when we get here super early, it's, like, dead in here. There's, like, probably, like, of these 75 tables, there's, like, five people doing shows, like, on the early. And one of the shows had Joe Theismann in a suit. Of course it is. Like, it was, like, we walked in. There was a room of 75 tables. Only six of them were being used. And one of them was Joe Theismann sitting at a table across from some guy right. in a suit. That's where he's been for the last 15 years. Yeah. You know, it used to happen when I covered Super Bowls and there would be a media day at the stadium where thousands of media would, would herd in all at once and attack all these podiums with players. And for five years in a row, Joe Theismann would always position himself right near the entrance of where all the media was coming in because he wanted to be interviewed. Really? He was like a guy who loved it. If you came up to him and said, hey, Joe, you got five minutes? Of course he did. You couldn't shut him up. But uh, we love them for it. But uh, I also imagine the carrot top, uh, the Burger King guy, the Burger King guy with yeah, the crown. Yeah, like that's the, that's um, a good example. Of, that's, a, that's a good example of things you would have seen in years past. I don't know why. I, I didn't. I mean, I'm sure that there were a handful of those types, but I can't think of a single person that I saw like in the like act. Actually, that's not true. There was some like Sons of Anarchy actors walking around that I had no clue who they were. So that that might be the saddest. I have to tell you, uh, Christopher, on a, on a semi-serious note, um, I was very proud to see you um, doing some of the stuff you're doing, you know, sitting next to Adrian Peterson and everything. That's pretty cool. It's did, like, you, uh, did you hear the Academy McKay thing we did? Uh, no. Fun. Oh, yeah. Tell that me about good. that. Not to just, I, yeah. I mean, this is like, it's something that aired on the Levitard show, so I, I hope right. you're not getting upset, but we... No, I saw the video <laughs> of it, but I want to hear it from Basically, you. Basically, Adam McKay, it was a, a podcast, it's not a video. Uh... Asked. <laughs> he just got caught in a lie. Um, Whatever. Basically, a few weeks ago, Ad, uh, Adam McKay sent Dan an email saying, Hey, I'm having a party at my house for the Oscars uh, nominees being announced. If you're in town for the Super Bowl, come by. And Dan like responded to our whole group with that email, but didn't like say, hey, you guys should go to this. It was something else, but I saw that email from Adam McKay. So in my brain, I was like, we're going to be out there. And then I believe like two years ago, Adam McKay one time to our whole group was like, hey, if you guys are ever in L.A., come on by. So we just went to his house at 5 a.m. Like we just like kind of assumed like, hey, we're, we're part of the Levitard show. We're just going to show up. And it, you know, he it, luckily they were having a good morning because they got a bunch of nominations. So he played ball, I'd say. So we got some good content with Adam McKay. It was fun. Well, was he, was he enthusiastic? About seeing us? Yeah. No. <laughs> but he was like, but then he let us in. He gave us a little tour of his house, and then he got a bunch of nominations. And then afterwards, he was more affable to like, you know, talk to us about like the nominations. But it was really just us sitting in a corner. Picture Adam McKay and all of his production company, like you know, no one you've ever heard of, but just like fourteen to fifteen people. Like they all worked on this movie, blood, sweat, putting into right. it, and they're waiting. Like this is a huge moment for these people. Like this is like they're. This is like. Right. game changers for a lot of these people in this room and it's just me tony sure. and witty at 5 a.m just like sitting in the back of the room like god i hope they get nominated so this isn't awkward and luckily they did and so it turned into 
you know, some good content, but you got to check that out if you haven't. It's great. His ability to riff yeah. is just is He's amazing so good. to me. I, the tour of his house is great. The tour of his house yeah. is amazing. It's splendid. Him and Conan O'Brien together. I've, I've listened to them yeah. on, on an interview together, and it's just the places they go. It's because there's nowhere they won't go, and it's awesome. It just makes such a fun listen. And it's and it's it's like very intimidating to like be with a mic on like needing to like he's like trying to play ping pong with you and it's like i'm not as good as you at this like (laughs) i'm just like please i just want to say something that you don't think is the dumbest thing ever like that's all i'm going for here now let me ask you this because i famously don't um know movies uh we we saw don't look up um in a private screening i loved it michael and i saw it i absolutely loved it but I'd also seen less than flattering reviews. Yes. And so I had no sense on nomination day whether and they got nominated for Best Picture. I didn't they know get- whether they were shoe in for that, whether it was a surprise. Like, as someone who knows movies better than I, was that totally expected? I mean, no, I, I think they were worried about that because the it was such a polarizing movie. Like, some people loved it, some people hated it, so they weren't sure. Um, they, they expected to get a couple, but they got a lot. They got editing, they got uh, some screenwriting one, they got Best Picture, obviously. They got right. a bunch. And I think that, they got three. Like, the editing one was, like, one that they were super happy about. Like, I, like it was cool. Like, they would say, like, it would, it would the lady would be like, and now the nominees for Best Editing. And, like, McKay's like... Like before every before every category, he would like say whether they have a shot. Like he knew. Like I don't know how he knew, but he's like, "Nah, this like direct best director came up." He's like, "Don't no jokes. I don't have a shot here," and like didn't get nominated. But and then yeah, best editor. He was like, as as they were like, and now the nominees for best editor. He's like, "Oh man, it would be so cool." Like he's like, "I don't really expect this one, but it'd be so cool for whatever their editor's name is." And then they said it, and the whole place went nuts. They started chanting his name. They FaceTimed him, and it was like such a cool moment between Adam McKay and this guy. Like they were just like, "Dude, you're a nom- you're an Oscar nominee." Like it was such a cool, like genuine, ex- happy for each other moment. Um, and that was really the takeaway from it, like how much they were all like rooting for each other, and it was like really cool, genuine moments that like it was cool to see, honestly. Yeah, that's awesome. That is a cool moment, um, Christopher. What would you say when you look back at uh, the the five days or however long the weed um, you've been there, a, a whole week? Um, <laughs> no, I thought he said the weed. I did. Okay. <laughs> what would you say is, and may, maybe this is something that got on the air. Maybe it's something that didn't. Uh, did you have a pinch me moment or uh, a moment when you thought to yourself, "I can't effing believe that I'm here doing this"? I mean, as much as like uh, the David Spade thing was cool, but that was like very like he's meeting us, but it's, he's just like kind of like you know, we're, we're, there wasn't a real connection there. You know what I mean? Right. The cool part I think is like the Micah Parsons thing when like the ra- the Radio Road crowd is like all of a sudden there's like a, a, a circle around our thing and like we're the thing that everyone is like, oh shit, you see what's going on with Micah Parsons over here? And like people are coming up to me afterwards and being like, dude, that was so good and like just the, the positive reinforcement yeah. that I got for like selling, you know, just being a good teammate and you know, like that was the, the cool moment was just like, wow, like I'm sitting here at Radio Row and I'm the one that they want next to Micah Parsons and Justin Herbert to like make this better. No, that's cool. I was proud of you. I, I really was. Because um, those are A-listers, you know? Yeah, Michael Parsons is a, a beast. Like, just like, like, like that dude is so, like, yoked. Oh my God. Like, just a beast. He's going to be a superstar. I mean, if yeah. you're projecting off rookie seasons, uh, he's a Hall of Famer that we're just getting to know, you know? One more thing before we take a little break. 
Or we're going to get to the Super Bowl, right? We're going to obviously, even though it hasn't happened yet, later in this episode, yes. we're going to break down the Super Bowl. I already know what happened. It's Friday. I already know what happened, but we'll just talk about it later. Okay. Um, yeah. Another thing, uh, Thursday night, we went to dinner with Sedano in Manhattan, Manhattan Beach. Manhattan Beach is like, if I ever, if I ever like got reassigned to California and I need to live in LA, Manhattan Beach, holy, I mean, obviously I couldn't afford it. It's like million dollar houses, but it's, it's crash with Ursula. It's, 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 that is where Ursula, we saw, mm-hmm. you ready for this? We saw, well, no, you probably listened. <laughs> we saw Rosillo and PFT from, uh, pardon my take. My dad has no idea who that is. And then that's so we're at this we go to dinner with Sedano. We go to this bar after on this beach town, gorgeous place. I'm saying to myself the whole time, we all are like, if I ever had to live here, this is where I would want to live. It's so gorgeous. Weather's perfect. Everything's perfect. We get into this bar. Rusillo, PFT, perfect. Hey, how you guys doing? Nice to see you. Moving on. Shirt on or off? All, all shirts are on. <laughs> but then, Dad, we look in the corner, and I have to say this low because Outkick cover, Outkick.com is like literally like 20 feet away from me. I saw Clay Travis. Oh, my God. Clay Travis. Uh-oh. It was so awkward. Did you punch him in the nuts? No. He, he was just as like grimy as you'd think he would be at like a <laughs> like yeah. he had like a he was like going up to the bar and like we- weaseling his way in and like squeezing through people and it was just I, I just it made my skin skin crawl seeing him yeah did you fight him at all did you punch him or no no but like right over, like literally 20 feet away from me is like a producer for the outkick he doesn't produce clay's show but he's like a producer for one of their other shows right and like he was there too, and he came up to me and was like, "Hey, I saw what you guys did with Micah. It was really cool." And I'm like shaking his hand. I'm like, "Thanks, dude. Like, it's really nice of you." But also, get away from me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel bad. The guy was really nice. I hope if he ever listens to this, like, it's not personal, guy. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing against Outkick because uh, I never listened to it. Well, I don't either. But if you see clips, it, just you should yeah. distance you. Don't don't say that. Distance yourself from them. Oh, I hear that. Believe me. <laughs> Anyway, let's, let's uh, you know, let's go, let's pay some bills, and let's talk some Super Bowl. There you go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The least surprising thing is when we're late doing a late night recording. For Greg Cody's voice to be like, Fur. I think my voice is beautiful right now. It's velvet, velvety. It's a beautiful thing. No, really, I feel great. Yeah, I had a few beers, had a couple of cocktails, got my pick right on the Rams winning, so I'm a happy guy. Haven't we? I don't know. You yeah, tell we, me. We are post 10 o'clock with Greg Cody, which is dangerous at any time, but especially after the Super Bowl. You know what? We... Uh, we had a great time. I don't know which was better, the game itself, uh, the, the halftime show, the commercials, uh, the Greg Cody personal uh, private Super Bowl party at the house here. It's a tough call because all of them were great. So what did you think of the halftime show? Let's do that first before we do the game. Um, I, I'm going to get out there with I really enjoyed it, but I'm not going to call it the best halftime show I've ever seen. Yeah, my expectations were sky high. 
I expected it to be really great. I thought the opening thing with uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop was was really good. Um, Mary J. Blige sort of disappeared. Um, Kendrick Lamar disappeared for me. And, and Eminem was, you know, it sort of went down for me after the, the first five minutes. But the set design was so ambitious, it was a mind blower. I thought uh, the attempt made was the greatest halftime show ever. I think it fell short of that. The, the, the Prince in, in, the, in a rain pour in Miami remains uh, the, the opus of Super Bowl halftimes. Michael Jackson was great. Um, the weekend a few years ago was great. I actually like, I mean, I know I'm doing recency bias, but Shakira and Jennifer Lopez was great. They're, they, they, like, uh, I, I just, yeah, I mean, I haven't honestly looked at Twitter, so I don't even know what the reaction's been to it. But it was hyped up like it was going to be yeah. the best one ever. I wish it was more their their sets were more integrated. It felt like more like just taking turns. Um, I don't know how they would have done that. Like I, I'm not a music producer, so I feel odd judging them. But I just was hoping for more of Yeti. Did, did not watch the Super Bowl, so you didn't see the halftime show at all. No, I was too busy making stupid pictures of you, um, yeah. putting you in the background of things. You know. <laughs> yeah, I saw a couple I gotta of those. I got I got to check out the rest of those. Well, Sheets and Giggles did some great work on that. Yeah, I love. Uh, I would love to know how to do that. What do you call that? Photoshopping or what? What is that? Yeah, that's a, that's know, the term we've coined for it. Yeah, you're sure, because you're not buying anything. What does that mean? If it's called photoshopping, <laughs> why? Like, why is it called that? That's a good point. Uh, investigate that and get back to me. But you at the um, Last Supper uh, was my favorite one so it far. Was brilliant, absolutely splendid. I feel like before we actually uh, do the game and break down the game we just watched, that we should do a flowers update. Yeah, we have to. Um, so this is not a great look for me. <laughs> um, so apparently a month ago I got an email from Flowers, 1-800-Flowers. They're joining the Lebitard show, and it was, hey, would you like to send your wife flowers? So I gave them my wife's name. Uh, the the address to where she works and a little note. Right. Now, granted, they didn't get the name right, so it didn't come from me, even though it should have. So that was a screw up on their part. So that was what led to some of the confusion. But the main confusion was me just forgetting completely about that and uh, scaring my wife, making her think she has a stalker. Um, so yeah, it's a tail between my legs situation for me. Um, but at least my wife doesn't have a stalker and she's not cheating on me. That's the upside. Yeah, that's that's big. Uh, but yeah, you you mishandled that. I mean, you said uh, I love how you say. Apparently, I got a one eight hundred flowers thing. I mean, you did. It wasn't apparent. It was actually happened, and you just forgot to do it. But I' gonna find one eight hundred flowers, even though they're a fabulous company. They're just so great. But in this case, they forgot your card. You flew all the way back from Los Angeles looking to kick somebody's ass, and you found out you had to kick your own. Yeah, but overall, it was definitely a good thing. Like it was, you know. <laughs> If there was still a mystery going on and like I thought my wife either was cheating or had a stalker, those were both bad options. So Right. And now you don't have to scramble on Monday and uh and throw some flowers at her. It's already done. Yeah, I feel like I still should though, because I forgot about them and I told her that they were free. <laughs> so she knows that I've spent zero dollars. Like not that it's about the money. You did the pre scheduled text of gift giving. Yes, I did. I'm still gonna go stop and get a card and I think some more flowers tomorrow for when she gets home. Okay. I think I need to after how I bot botched the whole situation. All right. Does Christy love red flowers like most women? Um, I think she. I don't. I think she's more just is just likes the idea of getting anything more than she likes red in particular. Doesn't mom hate red flowers? Yeah. 
which I found out 30 years into our marriage. But, um, <laughs> you know, the flowers smell the same whether they're free or not. So I don't think, I don't think you need to get another uh, gift, but that's, you know, that's your call. I'm just, you know, I want to go that extra mile. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. So was this game really good or a flop? Because it was like, it ended up being close throughout it. We were kind of like, is this game good? Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of like, what is a C plus game? What, what are we thinking? You know, I thought it had flop qualities to it. The commercials were definitely bad. We can agree on that. The commercials were bad. Um, are we going to veer off into commercials now? No, no, no. I'm just doing a quick yeah. aside. We can get okay. back to those. It's just like, we know that was bad. You can keep evaluating the game. Yeah. Uh, it had flop qualities, but I, I'm i never going to fault a game that is decided uh, on the last minute, in the last few seconds like this one was. I mean, it was dramatic ending. I, I thought there was a lot to love about it. I mean, Aaron Donald, Aaron, uh, Aaron Donald has a ring. E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> the fact that Aaron Donald was the hero uh, in the end. And I don't know who did win the MVP. I don't even know. <laughs> we just got done recording. The game just ended. Cooper Cup won the MVP. Did he really? I, th- I think A. Donald should have won it. I just really based do. off the last play, one play. He had a sack, this and that. I thought Aaron Donald he won He had a sack, game. Jack. He had a sack, Jack. That's right. But uh, fine for the Cup. Give it to Cup. I thought Aaron Donald deserved it. But look, he won the game for them, and they deserved to win because that one Bengals uh, touchdown should have been called back because of offensive pass interference against Jalen Ramsey, right? So L.A. deserved to win this game. Uh, I thought ultimately it redeemed itself by coming down to the, the last uh, offensive play for the Bengals. So I give it a, a, a B. I give it a solid above average. Yeah, I was torn because I bet on the Bengals, so I was rooting for that. But I am <laughs> with you in that Aaron Donald winning is a great story because I think if he gets a few Super Bowls, we could be watching a guy that's considered the best defensive player. Definitely of this generation, maybe if he keeps, if he gets a couple more Super Bowls, could be thought of as the best defensive player ever. So that's just cool to be able to say that you saw that player. So from that aspect, Stafford, I don't know, because of all those shitty years in Detroit, you just root for him. And I kind of like the the fact that the media has to eat it with Odell getting his ring. Well, and Cooper Cup was just like literally had the best receiving season ever. So there's a, and Sean McVay, likable nerd, being a nerd is in. Have I said that at all yeah, on this platform? Yeah. Um, but so I'm I'm in on them winning. I just lost my bet. That's the only reason I was rooting for the Bengals in it. I thought one of the great moments in the post game as the confetti was falling is when you saw Odell Beckham Jr. Um, not just fighting his emotions, but actually sobbing, actually crying. Uh, he had the cry face, uh, and and this so is those the, are not crocodile tears. They, they are not crocodile tears. You don't know that. Well, I, he, he's a good actor if they were, but I don't think of Beckham. You know, you think of Beckham as the diva. A lot of people think he's an asshole, but for him to show that kind of honest emotion, I thought was was very nice. And he, it had to hurt him going out with an injury because he. Well, it literally hurt him. It did, yes, it had that literally hurt him. But um, I thought he was uh, a, a great pickup for the Rams. He was a big, big reason why they won uh, the championship. Yeti didn't watch the game, so we can't go to him for his thoughts. Good work, Yeti. I mean, geez, you work for you work for a top twenty sports podcast. At least it was tw- top twenty for like a month, a month for like a minute, for a minute. one day, yes. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, three, you, you texted back within like an hour. Good thing I screenshot when we did because we're twenty seven now. Yeah, usually we're like a top hundred and twenty podcast. How dare you? I know why he didn't watch the games because I haven't paid him yet. I'm supposed to pay Yeti. Yeah, I'm holding money. out. So what? why would I watch the game? I got paid yesterday. I just realized, for, and I owe you, like, because for some reason my parents are so anti-technology 
that my dad, when he pay, he can't figure out how to pay us separately, so he pays me and I pay Eddie. It's yeah. like an odd situation. I don't do Venmo. Sorry. <laughs> Chris is my bag man. Yeah. I don't even Venmo him. I pay him the same exact way you pay me. <laughs> how does that? I, I tell your mother, send X amount of dollars. I don't even do it. I just tell right. uh, her to do it. It's Zell. Are we giving away the goods here? Anyways. <laughs> so uh, with, with, with Valentine's Day coming up, don't you have a Mount, uh, Valentine's-themed Mount Gregmore for us? I do, actually. and um, So we're just going to stop talking about the Super Bowl and you're going to do a Mount Gregmore? It sort of segues from... I mean, I, we can go back to it and cut... No, cut no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just messing around. I don't even know if I have much anymore to say. I was I just mean, messing around. You didn't lambast the commercials as well as we might have. Let's talk about it. I thought they were a big letdown. You know, when I'm thinking back, I, I wasn't taking copious notes, but when I'm thinking back to commercials I genuinely liked and laughed out loud, um, I thought the one of the early ones for the spicy Doritos where all the animals start. I'm, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a sucker yeah. for a, a cartoon animal who's spiced, the, talking. They were spicy, and the noises they were making from the, the spice turned into them making music. Yes, it was absolutely fantastic. The sloth starred. The sloth kicked ass in that commercial i feel like i'm grading on a scale like the ones i liked even weren't that funny they had the, of course the star power like there was the larry david one there was one with paul rudd and seth rogan i think good. that was a, that was a lays chips one yeah, i like the lays one I, I i the one i did laugh like the dr evil one uh, i forget what they were promoting which defeats the whole purpose of these commercials <laughs> if you but uh, mike myers uh doing dr evil was a, a treat for me right. um but overall yeah i mean I, I know it's the popular take it's getting like i don't know what's happening with commercials i think they're focusing more on star power than just coming up with something really funny i know comedy's hard but yeah just uh, uh, the last few years i feel like there, there might be a couple but it's just the, there's something that maybe maybe there's a back in my day with like they just used to be funny i don't know i think the larry david one was great but then i'm predisposed to love everything <laughs> he's in but we had to rewind to restart that one because you were yapping. My dad does this thing. <laughs> My dad does this thing like where he forgets how life works. Y you shut up during Super Bowl commercials. And he was sitting down like, why does everybody want me to shut up? It's like, Dad, this is a thing we do every year. Okay, this is the guy, by the way, who just said this. During the halftime show, I'm trying to shush Christopher and my other son, Michael, because I'm trying to look. <clears throat> I'm so aggravated. <laughs> I'm trying to listen to Dre and Snoop and Michael and his brother are in my ear. Christopher, well, me and my brother, yeah. Yeah, uh, arguing about whether Eminem is still popular. Right. So ridiculous. I, I'm like, shut up already. We were trying, we were arguing about, like, I was saying that the only current uh, artist in this group of performers was Kendrick Lamar and that they are all from a different time. And my brother was just, I mean, I know Eminem still releases stuff, but people want to listen to his old stuff. He's turning 50 this year, though. That's, and, and, that's and all now, I was saying. Yeah, everybody yeah. else was over 50. Right, and Kendrick yeah. is still kind of in the game. He's, He's really like all 34 I was saying. or something, yeah. But me and my brother, like, the real story is just we can argue. You know, you just get around your brother, and I don't live with him anymore, so we just love to have a good argument. Yeah. But there's a big difference in, in, I know music, and there's a big difference between being relevant as in still selling a lot of records and being relevant in, as in still being popular. Elton John still sells out arenas. He hasn't had a hit record. Well, he did with Coldheart with Dua Lipa, but um, 
<laughs> I, it's I'm, a funny sentence, um, Elton John and Dua Lipa. You know, I'm contradicting myself there, but the point is, if if Eminem can still sell out a seventeen seat arena, seventeen thousand seat arena, he's still relevant. So in that respect, but, but, but what I was arguing is that the, the songs that everyone going to that arena want to hear are ones from are, are not ones from his most recent album from 15, 20 years ago. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that's yeah. really how I was saying. That's fair. And Kendrick's songs that they want to hear are from three or four years ago. Okay. I wouldn't know a Kendrick Lamar song if it bit me on the ass. That's very <laughs> humble of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but enough about me. Uh, and let's I want to, uh, enough about me. Let's go to Mount Gregmore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hit it. I want to uh, say that this is uh, a special holiday edition of Mount Gregmore. And um, what holiday? Well, the new episode drops on Valentine's Day, baby, a baby <laughs> holiday. And this is a Mount Gregmore of love songs. Now, th- these are our own personal favorites. So you know, I don't care if any of these were exceptionally popular or whatever but uh i have a few honorable mentions as is my want of course you do okay i'm going through these quickly uh you make love and fun by fleetwood mac nothing compares to you by sinead o'connor at last by etta james a real standard unchained melody by righteous brothers i don't particularly love that song but most do you're not going to sing any of these songs uh no i might (laughs) toward the end and uh an al green song called love L-O-V-E. Um, that's one of my all-time favorites. Now, number five. This Magic Moment by The Drifters. This Magic Moment. Magic Moment. Yes. 1960. <laughs> Your lips are close to mine. Like any other. Right, I, I met you. <laughs> sweeter than a wine. Um, lead vocals. My mom just walked by going, what the hell are they doing? She gave us that look like we're doing karaoke. (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Lead vocals by the incomparable Benny King, by the way. Important detail. It's an upbeat. I thought it was. It's an upbeat ballad that proves not all love songs need to be slow and sappy. Number four. Your song by Elton John, 1971. Classic. It's a little bit funny. Um... I, I love everything Elton does, but this is a, a super simple ballad. And you can tell everybody. With an enduring melody. This is your song. Oh, all right. Uh, what I love about Baby, that. Baby, quiet. Oh, oh, God. You know, this song is, is going lower and lower on my list as you sing it. Now that it does. All right. Um, I hope you don't mind. <laughs> Bernie T- that I put down in a word. Adam Thompson. Sandler has made an appearance to cover Elton John songs here at the local lounge. Uh, yeah. Ber- Bernie Taupin wrote the lyrics to that song when he was 17 years old, and I think it has that naive first love quality to it. Number three, Something by the Beatles. Absolutely. 1969. Uh, yes. This was released near the end of, of their epic run, and, and it was George Harrison's opus for me, uh, wrote, written and sung by him. Sinatra called it the greatest love song ever written. No, no. He called it the greatest Lennon-McCartney song because he didn't know George wrote it. That's how good that song is. Wow. Okay, yeah. there you go. So that carries additional weight. And, and I just absolutely love that song. Something in the way she moves tracks me like another... Yet he's the singer. I, You know, I can't do it. 
I'm singing from the heart. I got no skill. Um, number two, the first time ever I saw your face by Roberta Flack, 1972. There you uh, go. This was a massive number one hit record, an exceptionally slow, dreamy love song. Um, and, and this I didn't know until doing a little research. It was written as a folk song in 1957 by a British folkie and activist named Ewan McCall. McCall. But Flack made it all her own with her exceptionally intimate version. I had no idea that that began uh, as a folk song. And number one, um, this song uh, is very special to me for a couple of ways. Um, It was, uh, I'm I'm talking about Dance With My Father by Luther Vandross in 2003. Um, <laughs> why is Jenny laughing? I don't know. They, why do you laugh? I hate that song, but you go ahead. I won't, I'll, I'll let you have your moment. <laughs> my dad is dead. Okay. I appreciate you letting me have my moment on my own podcast. Thank you. <laughs> really appreciate that. Um, this song recall, recalls a childhood memory of um, Vandross's father holding him while dancing with his mother. And how he longed for those days. Um, Vandross had been hospitalized with a terrible stroke. Um, just before this song was released, he was hospitalized when it was released. And the song also came out uh, in in the, the last months of my own father's life. And it means so much to me that 17 years later, uh, when I hear it, it's a song that's extremely special to me. Not about romantic love, it's a song about a father and a son and um it's it's this, probably the song that's the most special to me of, of any ever written i find it really hard at this moment to make fun of you for something but isn't this your top five like valentine's day songs well it's it's on valentine's day but it's my top five love songs okay. and like i say um i don't think valentine's day is is just about romantic love i think it's a chance for people to say I love you. And, uh, Is that true? Let's put it on the poll. Okay. No, I'm with you. Maybe, maybe it's right. And how do you feel, Yeti, you asshole, after that? <laughs> My dad died from a stroke, so, yeah. <laughs> now, how do you feel? Now, how do you feel about getting genuinely mad at Yeti there? Because you did. Well, I'm about to... No, what I'm, the real travesty, Greg, is that you left muskrat love off your list. Come on, man. Muskrat love? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, muskrat love uh, would be the bottom five love songs along with... Wow. I would agree with you. Ben <laughs> by Michael Jackson. Uh, written about a rat. The most beautiful song ever written in homage to a rat. I'll give MJ that. But... Uh, that's my listen. Oh, that was nice. That that that, that about your dad there. I, I really, I know, like we we like to have fun here. But yeah, well, I was a little disconcerted as I was launching into this heartfelt number one song <laughs> of mine, and I saw Yeti laughing in the Zoom. That uh, you know, I, I'm sorry you already sent him that money because we may have. Uh, we may I have didn't actually yet. I still haven't. I still haven't. Greg, sent I apologize. I don't know. That if was you can my hear me, no. Honestly, that, that I'm sorry. That was my favorite part of of Mount Gregmore. Like because you. I just love genuine moments of like, and you like, he, he was just clearly going for a joke, like, and and you were, you know, you did the Greg Cody thing of not now, Yeti. Yeah. Uh, you, you hit him, you hit him with the my own podcast thing. That was wonderful. There are certain times when uh, you need not to laugh. Uh, that was one. Another one would have been, for example, a week earlier in on the podcast where I'm. Uh, saying a tearful farewell to one of my best friends 
who died unexpectedly, that would not have been a good time. Oh, we didn't do it then. So we're one for two. We're one for two on the last two times. We're learning. We're growing. But remember, we also had an, an iconic funny moment on the Levitard show when you were talking about a tumor. So with right. you, you never know. You never know. Right. That's true. I will say, I do appreciate the genuine emotion there because you keep yourself fairly guarded on that kind of thing a lot of times. And so, like, it is nice to see you express that. May I please get paid? We'll send it over right now. <laughs> you know what? As I alluded to last week on the podcast, I want to be intimate with our listeners because I appreciate you all so much. Baby. And um, I want to reveal, you know, myself in terms of what... Baby! <laughs> Not right now. We're in the same room. (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. And how about those Rams? Ramming it. Damn right. (laughs) Baby. Let's go. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Ramming it. Ramming it on Valentine's Day. How about that? I wonder if people, if the fact that it's Valentine's Day, because normally I feel like after a Super Bowl, you've eaten too much. There's not a lot of sex happening outside of the team that won the Super Bowl. But the fact that the Rams won and Valentine's Day is Monday, is there more sex happening tonight? Well, it's tonight because it's Sunday, but Sunday night as opposed to normal Super Bowl Sunday nights. How on earth would I know that? Super Bowl babies are a thing. Are they? Yeah, if I remember, we'll have to, you'll have to Google it, but uh, I think the birth rates spike about nine months from now. In like the, in, in, the the, city. in the winning right. city. In that city. Like, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm eliminating Los Angeles. Yes. Rams fans are, are, are bleeping tonight. Okay. But I'm saying outside of... I think sex is up in in the all the other markets because it's the Rams one and it's Valentine's Day. That's the big two right there. That's the big two. Nine months from now, hospitals are going to be flooded with uh, newborn babies named Odell. <laughs> <laughs>